Welcome to the Technology Lab, presented by CPA Practice Advisor, with your hosts, Randy Johnston and Brian Tankersley. G'day, welcome to Technology Lab. I'm Randy Johnston with co-host Brian Tankersley. Today, we'd like to discuss the 2023 Verizon Data Breach Investigations Report. Now, uh, the discussion you'll see might take a little bit of a dark side, so I'll just throw it out for a starting point. Go ahead, make my day. I think you do, you, not might... know, you do not know the power of the dark side. You know, I'm just thinking about Harry Callahan and, you know, that film is 40 years old this year, but that's still a catchphrase in our culture. But we do review a lot of security reports. Now, I'm going to name them so you know that they're, they're out there. Uh, and we're going to only focus on the Verizon one today. But other good reports are available from the providers like Semantic or Ponemon Institute or SonicWall or Barracuda or the NSA or the National Institutes of Standards or Malwarebytes or ISACA. And frankly, Brian, I'm, I'm, I know I haven't got them all, but I, I wanted to go on a bit of a rant so you would actually get a drift, listeners, at how many different reports we read and try to watch. And we we look at this longitudinally, in other words, year over year over year. And the Verizon report has consistently had good, actionable data that reports the types of things you need to watch. So we're going to talk about different elements like that. So, Brian, where would you like to start us today? Well, I will tell you that the... Uh... But the Verizon report is really top, is really top drawer on this. I mean, if you look at the others, you know, the Cyware report on ransomware is particularly good. Uh, I think the Sonic Ball report uh, is also very good. Um, but when you get into, you know, when you start getting into this and you want to know more about who's doing it, what are they doing, how are they doing it, and what should you look for? Uh, I think this is really kind of the, uh, you know, this is one that I try to digest every year, just so I have a better feel of what the threat landscape looks like uh, in here. You know, and remember, this is a division of Verizon that Verizon bought a few years ago that actually does these kinds of investigations. Uh, you know, many of you that attend the CCH conference every year, uh, you know, get a chance to hear Ken Pyle of Cyberspeak. Now, Ken's also on the faculty member, but also a faculty member of the SANS Institute and uh, is, you know, one of the best practicing pen testers and forensic people that I've ever, I've ever known or seen. And, um, you know, he is a frequent contributor to this report, which gives, you know, which in my mind, gives uh, gives it a great deal of credibility. Yeah, but just the, even the opening cover graphic this year is trying to visually convey the effort the Verizon team made to, you know, talk about these breaches and to give you a, a number in the back of your head. Uh, in the 2023 report, over 30,000 breaches of companies of all sizes were reported as recently as 2020, there were only 20,000 breaches. As recently as 2018, only 10,000 breaches. And if we go back to, I don't know, 2013, there were less than 5,000 breaches. The, the curve is just going through the roof. And when you consider how carefully institutions like 
financial institutions, banks, credit unions, and the like have tightened up their security. And uh, there's been so much focus around tightening up security, yet the bad actors are getting through at 10,000 greater breach incidents than they were just three years ago. This, this is a tough, tough time. So I'll just maybe set it up like this. Um, we don't think it's a matter of if you might have a breach, but when, and recognize that we are very cognizant about talking about incidents versus breaches differently. A core breach is people got to the data set. And we're very concerned going forward that the data sets that have been copied out, even when they're encrypted, will be able to be broken with the new quantum hacking techniques that are going to eventually, eventually, in the very near future, honestly, because some of them are getting broken now with quantum capabilities, but being able to break them easily is very close as we'd see it. But the key here is, that's a lot of breaches. And I think I think one of the things that's truly changed, too, is that uh, my perception of this, now I've not seen this in the court itself, but my perception is that the bad guys are throwing much wider nets and they're targeting, in many cases, you know, they're still targeting the big organizations um, because they're just, they're the, you know, they're the, uh, they're the forbidden fruit that, that everybody wants and pay off is so big. But I think they're also doing a lot with small businesses. And that puts our listeners and our listeners' clients where in the uh, in the uh, in the crosshairs of the bad guys. Uh, and so I, I think you know the way you get from 10 to 20 to 30,000 folks over a period of six years is you simply go in and you target small, you target many more smaller organizations and fewer big organizations. Um, and honestly, you know, the small businesses and the mid-sized businesses are really the soft underbelly of the security community. You know, if you think about the things that a, a J.P. Morgan Chase and a city group and, and, and folks of that ilk uh, can can do and the resources they have to solve their security problems it's a whole different thing than what people are trying to do on niche yeah and so so main street i think is 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 going to be the major target uh, that is targeted by by folks on a going forward basis and the automation that the bad actors are using is becoming stunning. But the the authors of the report were actually pretty thoughtful. It's a, it's an 89-page report, just so you've got a drift of the size of this. And Brian and I both do consume these year over year. But the graphical representations to help you understand what's inside the report is, is really a pretty big deal. But the summary of findings, uh, I think, really lead us off uh, on this report correctly. It, it actually says the social engineering attacks are often very effective and extremely lucrative for criminals. And they point out that 83% of the breaches involved external actors, where 74% included a human element where 49% involved credential issues and 24% involved ransomware. So, you know, you start looking at where the issues are at. It is broken out by industry. We'll talk more about it in relation to financial CPA firms and, and the like. But, you know, this human element involving uh, 74% 
as Brian and I've said in many prior technology labs, it only takes one mistake, one person to make one mistake inside your firm to open up your firm to these types of attacks. And that person does not have to be an administrator. Okay. Uh, that person can simply be a regular user. And because so many of these hackers are exploiting zero-day attacks for which uh, that will do things like privilege escalation, uh, that will allow somebody to, um, to run some malicious code, even as a regular user, and then take control of those systems. You know, this is something that we're dealing with on a regular basis. You know, I don't know if they've got it. I, I haven't scanned this to look for a, a, a diagram of the number of zero days, uh, but everything I'm seeing, you know, it's not been that many years ago, 10 years ago, there was, you know, some of the first zero day attacks we ever had reported. Uh, now there are multiple ones every month. Uh, so, so the world, the threat landscape has really changed where the bad guys are finding and hoarding these, uh, these vulnerabilities to solve a lot of their problems. Absolutely. And as we've talked about in prior technology labs, the AI tools that allow bad actors to write unique attacks, one-of-a-kind, first-out-of-the-can attacks, is really increased. But the three primary ways in which attacker, attackers access an organization is stolen credentials, phishing, and exploitation of vulnerabilities, with 95% of the motivation being financial. So as our listeners, we know you're financial guardians. Yeah. And, and so again, the same reason John Dillinger said, uh, you know, why do you rob banks? It's because that's where the money is. And, and you and I are the keepers of good data that can be monetized by cyber criminals to do identity theft and all kinds of other unspeakable things uh, to our, to our firms and our clients. And so we have to be especially diligent uh, in this area. So, you know, another interesting uh, report, item of the report was that ransomware didn't actually grow. It held statistically steady year over year uh, at about 24%. There was a particular vulnerability called Log4J, which was is a scanning activity, and more than 32% of all Log4J scanning activity happened within 30 days of its release. So if you think about new attacks, all of a sudden it gets used real heavily and then the next new attack comes along. Uh, the report says that the spike of the activity was within 17 days of the release. So uh, respondents to this particular survey uh, had Log4j as kind of top of mind because it was such a uh, you know critical vulnerability. Now, there are lots of other uh, findings throughout the report. And again, we want to be respectful of your time and summarize things well for you. But with external actors being 80% uh, of the of the attack vector, it's also important to know that 20% of the attack vectors were internal. So you've got those types of risk. And then a small percentage comes from uh, partners. Now, uh, the uh, next piece that I want to highlight is that almost 95, I think it's 94.6% uh, of the breaches had a financial motivation. Whereas the next biggest thing was espionage at a, you know somewhat below 5%. So again, the idea that it's 
almost 95% financially motivated is a big deal. It's also important to recognize that a fair bit of this, 70%, according to the survey, came from organized crime, very well-funded, very patient attackers, very innovative in their approach. And surprisingly to me, only about 5% was nation state, even though we're quite aware of some of the nation state uh, actions. But, but I would say the organized crime targeting this, I think, is really because there are so many targets of opportunity out there. And the it is so difficult for our law enforcement to uh, to actually convict people. Because, again, they have to explain all of these ways that people are doing these things. They have to get evidence where they're where they're actually tr- act, you know, actively trying to delete information. They have to go all around the world uh, to do it. And oh, by the way, um, they have to explain it and get 12 people that can't get out of jury duty to convict it. Okay, so I want you to catch here that that what they're you know again so the prosecution is more of an exception rather than rule, um, not because the, the the law enforcement doesn't want to do it, just because what they're trying to do is very 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 hard and very very resource intensive um, to solve that to solve this prosecution problem. So I don't see this organized crime dropping anytime soon. No time soon at all. Now, the actions and the way that the bad actors are getting in, stolen credentials is pushing 50%. Ransomware is, is uh, the, again, the 24% number that we've named. But phishing and pretexting are still high. Uh, the way you might uh, expect uh, attackers to get in, privilege abuse or backdoors or so forth, most of those are actually very small, uh, sub-5% reported in this year's results. So, you know, there's, again, lots of different types of things that you can consider. But one of the uh, dominant attacked assets is servers. Uh, It turns out that servers are involved in 80 plus percent. It's about 85 percent of the attacks that are out there, uh, that only about 20 percent are actual people attacks. So it's interesting to see the, you know, the way that the bad actors are getting in with that particular vector. So, you know, when we begin to look at, uh, you know, the incident classification patterns inside the report, uh, Verizon has graphed this over a period of time. Uh, This year's uh, report included 2017 through 2023. Denial of service was a biggie back in 2021. It's still high, but there are many other um, uh, approaches. For example, a systems intrusion is up. But other items like the privilege misuse that I just cited, it's down to almost nothing in the reports this time around. Uh, Social engineering has been floating along about 10%, and basic web application attacks have, you know, continued to hover about 15%. Now, from a CPA and accounting professional perspective, I want you to understand that those web attacks are actually used frequently against the platforms that we normally uh, deal with. So, you know, as you think about these technical ways into the systems, um, just recognize that your application vendor has to protect you. And uh, as Brian and I have taught you in prior technology labs and in courses, 
the best thing you can do is have a very proactive patching program because your vendor will fix the errors very shortly after they discover them. But the problem is so many of your IT teams or IT providers don't patch on a regular basis that you don't get the benefit of the fixes along the way. And, you know, you know, the security is hard because the feedback loop is so bad. You know, a lot of times we would look at things and, and we want to get some kind of feedback loop as we adjust to risk because as we as we take on more and more risk, we may not know until after it well after an incident's happened that we had, that we went down too far and we took on too much risk. Um, and so that's that's a, one of the reasons why we read these sur these surveys and things because we're trying to get that feedback level and to again to to kind of look forward to this. But as we're as we're thinking about this, the other thing you have to know here is that it's not just the tools that you use; it's the tools that that are used to build the solutions you have. Uh, one of the vulnerabilities that Randy talked about early on in the podcast was this log4j vulnerability. And that's a tool that simply does logs that are used by people when they're troubleshooting this troubleshooting programs. And uh, as of the last thing I saw, there are still dozens of applications, even though that was announced when, you know, early in 2022 or late in 2022, as I recall, um, there are still dozens of applications that still haven't adequately patched that in the in the program. So even though you may not be using a log from J directly, a program that you use may be using it. it and that's the that's the difficulty of this is that um, is that again it, there's there's just more than you can necessarily know in these cases. Yeah, and Brian, to your earlier point on uh, the. the ransomware going after smaller businesses. In 2021, in this same report, the average, the median amount of ransomware paid was 11,500, but the range was large, 1.2 million to 70 million. This year, that base ransomware went to 26,000 and 95% of the losses reported fell in the range of one to 2.25 million. So again, that indicates to me the basic ransomware is doubled, almost tripled actually. And the amount uh, being requested at the high end is actually down. Again, that's probably a smaller business symptom. Well, yeah, times are really tough in the ransomware land. You know, I, that's all I can figure is that, you know, they're looking at this and they're going, you know, how am I going to feed the babies and the baby monsters that I have out here? How are we going to do this? And I don't, I, I think there's just a challenge. Well, you will see if you read through the report that social engineering has been a attack vector. The basic web application attacks that we've already talked about is certainly another uh, large vector. And, you know, again, there's going to be things that you'll be able to act on, I think, by uh, looking at the report. But I think uh, with the time we have left, Brian, maybe it would be just wise to support uh, to uh, 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 suggest, to cite, that's the word, sorry, listeners, that uh, we want to talk about. And I just want to cite a few industries because they do have industry reports for accommodation and food services and educational services. But in financial and insurance, the basic web attacks were 77% of the intrusion. And in this report, 
there were uh, almost uh, 2,832 reported. The financial motivation was high at 97%, and the data compromised included personal information, credentials, and others, including bank. So the, the, the financial sector has some very specific sighting, but we also have it across healthcare, information, manufacturing, mining, quarrying, oil and gas, professional, scientific, and technical services, which you may consider your firm in that category. And again, basic web application attacks and social engineering are the big attack vectors there. But then public admin, retail, and small and medium businesses are all cited in the report. So if you have clients in different sections and you'd like to get a sense of what's happening in that vector or that industry, again, we think the report is uh, very insightful. So Brian, I know we could go on on this for a long, long time, but are there other key things that you believe are important to call out from the report or other observations you had in your reading of it? You know, I think the major thing here is that you have to always be on guard and you have to realize that even though you're not getting any feedback from them, that you don't know that it's necessarily happening. The bad guys are knocking at your door and, as the report says, jiggling the locks quite often, trying to see if they can get in. And so I, I encourage you to uh, think very proactively about security. You know, I, I'll tell you that I've been I've been doing professional IT for more than 20 years now. and I still get um, somebody, somebody at Network Management Group that configures a few hundred firewalls a year to look at my firewall configuration of a year or two, just because I don't know what I don't know. And uh, you know, again, a lot of times in the profession, we try to be the lone ranger where we're out there by ourselves solving all our own problems. And when it comes to security, we need to have security awareness training. We need to have professional grade gear and we need to have professional grade insight going into it uh, because you cannot do this part time. Uh, you need somebody that lives, breathes, smokes this. And, and when they sweat, it comes out, out the pores in their skin um, when they do it because this is. Um, it's just changing too fast, and it's too big of a threat to your livelihood uh, to leave it to chance. Yeah. So, Brian, we appreciate the insights and listeners. We appreciate you uh, listening to our recap of one of the many, many security reports that come out annually. But this gives us pretty good statistical basis to say we believe your firm and your clients are at risk. And the bad actors continue to attack with heavy financial motivation. And uh, the tools that they're using are getting more sophisticated and the attacks are getting more sophisticated. Well, next time we'll be on a much more upbeat topic, but we knew this one was an important one to cover with you. And we look forward to being with you in a future technology lab. Thank you for sharing your time with us. We'll be back next week with a new edition of the Technology Lab, brought to you by CPA Practice Advisor.